0: Welcome to the Mama Matters podcast. Whether you're expecting, you've recently given birth, or you're just starting along your fertility journey, it's time to get down to the nitty gritty and sort fact from fiction. I'm your host, Rosie Dumbrell, physiotherapist and pregnancy expert. Mama Matters aims to provide an easily digestible, up-to-date and evidence-based approach to pregnancy, birth and motherhood, with a side dose of humour along the way. Interviews from the industry's leading experts and experience of my own adventures as a mother to three gorgeous, boys under four i want to share the stuff that helps to grow confidence throughout motherhood mama matters is a podcast by lenny rose active and this is what you can expect to hear in upcoming episodes
1: i really think that every woman needs to have a six-week check with their primary healthcare provider but also with a women's health physio and if you can get that referral to get those appointments rebated um, absolutely excellent to help reduce the cost there as well Guys, welcome back! Welcome to episode 58. We are chatting all things today around the six-week check. So something I'm really passionate about because I feel like quite often the Six Week Checks really focused on our baby, which is so great, um, but we also want to make sure that we're getting adequate follow-up for both our physical and emotional recovery as we transition into motherhood. You know, we go through a lot when we are pregnant and when we give birth and uh, just having the right advice and support in terms of who we see and uh, the sort of things that we get up to really do help to expedite or otherwise our recovery. So I really wanted to do I guess a bit of a summary of what to expect and also uh, my recommendations on sort of who to see uh, to really help with your recovery as well. So, you know, the six-week check is typically focused on, uh, you know, some physical checks for you. So that might be uh, conducted by your GP or your obstetrician or your midwife um, in terms of just general health and well-being. So in terms of what to expect for you, we'll be looking at uh, any wound care, whether or not you've had stitches from a vaginal delivery or if you've got uh, a cesarean section that you're recovering from so it'll be around wound care they might ask you about blood loss or lochia as it's called so it's quite common to still be having some uh, blood loss uh, leading up to the six weeks but it should be resolving uh, by around then and so it's something to definitely be chatting with your healthcare provider if you're still experiencing uh, significant blood loss or it's not starting to taper off by about six weeks. In terms of wound care, you know, things that you might want to bring up in terms of if there's any worry about infection. So infection signs would be if you've got redness, swelling, pain that's persistent, uh, if you've got a temperature, you're just feeling a little bit off, uh, things like that. If you've got, you're noticing know, a strange odour, those can all be signs that um, you definitely need to have your uh, wounds checked. And I certainly wouldn't wait until the six weeks if you're getting any of those symptoms, uh, immediately go and see your healthcare provider for sure. So uh, hopefully you'll also get a pelvic floor muscle assessment. Uh, a GP I rarely would be trained in this and so we'll come to this later but I think it's really, really important to ensure you're getting a thorough pelvic floor assessment in terms of its functionality. So the strength um, and endurance and the overall tone of a pelvic floor should be assessed at that uh, six week mark and yeah we'll chat about that further because you're probably not going to get that from your GP. Uh, They'll be looking at your abdominal separation so what we call a DRAM or a diastasis uh, which in most women will still be present at six weeks but around uh, 60% of women it will spontaneously heal by about uh, eight weeks. Um, so, but that's also something that a women's health physio is probably more adept at uh, assessing as well. So we'll, we'll come onto that later. Um, and then, you know, another really big one is assessing your mental health. There'll be some questionnaires that uh, you're often sort of asked to fill out, and, you know, these should all be things that are already underway before the six-week mark. Your maternal health nurse will usually give you uh, some of this to sort of uh, follow through, and I feel like they're really great at checking a mother's emotional and physical wellbeing and chatting to you about that. So, you know, if you're on the fence about maternal health uh You know, visits and things like that. Certainly, you know, at least in those early weeks and months, they can be a really good way to keep your own um, physical and mental health in check as well. And they'll have lots of great recommendations and referrals uh, to give you. Sometimes the advice can be a little bit antiquated (laughs) that we get from different professionals. So, you know, I think always taking things with a grain of salt, but it is a really great way to make sure they're not slipping through the cracks in terms of um, making sure your own mental and emotional health is on track too. So um, they might ask you also about your breast health, if you've got any issues with mastitis and if that's something that's um, sort of, uh, you know, an issue for you or recurring, uh, that's something to touch them about as well. I think a traditional GP will often just give you antibiotics for um, mastitis, but there is a really great episode that you can listen to uh I think it's right early on in uh, Season 2 where we chat with Amberly um, Harris and we have a three-part series in which she uh, divulges some really great ways that we can deal with mastitis without having to take antibiotics uh, as a first line of defence. Uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, It's a really good time to have some blood checks in in terms of like checking for iron and other sort of uh, vitamin and mineral uh, levels. And uh, if you listen to our episode last week, uh, I was chatting to you about postnatal depletion and that sort of first 40 days. Um, And there is also another great episode back with Shelley McKenzie, episode 41, I believe, where we talk about postnatal depletion and there's some great advice about what um, blood levels to get checked and things like that as well. But it's a great time to check particularly for iron, thyroid um, and some other sort of key hormonal and vitamin uh, levels to help uh, ensure that we're on the right track to recovery. As well, So particularly if you had a lot of blood loss um, or a caesarean section, you do tend to lose a decent amount of blood there as well. So it's really great to to definitely check iron and other vitamin levels and mineral levels at at that six-week check too. But yeah, and the other thing that you definitely want to chat about, which your doctor should bring up or your sort of attending physician should bring up is a cervical smear. Got a new uh, program that's rolled out in Australia now that is only checked once every five years now with a cervical screen. So it's not there every two years anymore, which is great. So that's something that they will um, bring up. And if you need to have that done, that's a good time to have that checked as well. Uh, other things to discuss would be continence. Um, so we know that 50% of uh, women who are first-time mums in pregnancy will have experienced stress urinary incontinence and up to 85% of women who are, uh, you know, multiple-time mums will have had urinary leakage in pregnancy and we're often told that this will clear up after having a baby uh, but this evidence doesn't support this. So it is not... um, it is not normal to have ongoing incontinence after having a baby, whether that's urinary or fecal incontinence. Uh, It is very, very common, however, but it is not normal and it's not something that you need to put up with. So, you know, we're often advised that it will clear up after having a baby, but evidence doesn't support this. And, uh, you know, some uh, research suggests that five to seven years after delivery, if you've had uh, some degree of incontinence, around you know 44% of those women will still be uh, will still have some degree of incontinence. And then you know if you're incontinent 12 weeks after having a baby, then 92% of women who are incontinent at 12 weeks remain so at years later so it's really really important to get on top of it early discuss it with your healthcare provider and this is where the women's health angels come in the women's health physiotherapists I think it should be part of our normal date uh, you know normal practice to have a women's health referral and ideally it will be government funded or rebated at least um, you know if we look at In France, they get six uh, women's health physio visits covered Uh, and we're just really behind the eight ball in terms of that in Australia. And I think cost is often a pivoter for women to go and see a healthcare professional. Uh, Something you can chat to your GP about is it's something called, uh, it's it's basically a Medicare benefits um, scheme where you can get uh, up to six visits uh, rebated by Medicare for an allied health professional with a GP referral. So sometimes that might be for psychology. So, again, if you're needing some help uh, in terms of struggling with your mood after having a baby, you can get rated um, psychology appointments through that you can get re women's health physio appointments through that dietary um, you know whoever falls under that allied health banner so really make sure that if cost is a prohibitor for you to get uh, these assessments done that you chat about this um, great program where you can get a lot of the costs covered by um, medicare so definitely speak to your gp about that uh, a really big uh, impact on our pelvic floor is uh, if we're constipated and especially if we're chronically constipated and having to strain to go to the toilet so something you should discuss with your healthcare provider is uh, your bowel movements they might ask you about that but um, you know there is a lot of things that will impact our, uh, our bowel movements in the postpartum period and I know for me sometimes like I'm just eating whatever I can get, which is why I try so hard to have Pre-made meals ready to go. Uh, breakfast is just impossible for me with four other humans to care <laughs> for ahead of me and breastfeed and get out the door to school in time. But I will definitely eat something mid-morning and make sure that both my lunch and dinner are a meal that has lots of fiber and um, you know a balance of protein, uh, fats, fiber, veggies, etc. Um, but a big part of the problem can be we're just grabbing whatever we can get, and it's often dry foods like nuts, perhaps pre-prepared bars or shakes, things like that, that we can just grab on the go. And so, um, yeah, making sure that we are eating more fibre, we can have a fibre supplement if we need to, drinking plenty of water. And if you're breastfeeding, you just feel so thirsty all the time anyway, Uh, but we really want to be upping our fluid intake as much as possible, and that's definitely going to help with our bowel movements too. The other thing I would... uh, other tip I would say is making sure that we're not straining on the toilet and putting a footstool under your feet, leaning slightly forward, and then letting your valve um, movements happen rather than forcing them. So you might need to be a bit more patient and you might need to be on the toilet with several children or breastfeeding a baby. <laughs> so glamorous. But, you know, you've got to let yourself have the time to do that because pushing and straining to go to the toilet is only going to make the situation worse. So that's also something you can chat to your women's health care provider uh, about when you go to have that six-week check. So I really think that every woman needs to have the six-week check with their primary health care provider but also with a women's health physio and if you can get that referral to get those appointments rebated um absolutely excellent to help reduce the cost there as well. So, um, you know, if you've had a, a third degree tear uh, or greater, you should automatically have women's health referral, uh, at least to the public health system um, And if you're in private, then um, same, same. Hopefully your obstetrician and or your um, healthcare provider has that automatic referral for you. You get much more uh, follow-up. and uh, you have a lot more offered to you when you want to tip into that sort of third-degree tear uh, where the pelvic floor is torn right to the um, edge of the anus that goes through. It's called a fourth-degree tear, and that's when you're more likely to have um, anal incontinence as well or faecal incontinence. So, you know, uh, it is quite common for, uh, obviously we talked about urinary incontinence, but faecal incontinence is the thing as well, So, um, and it's so different unpleasant if you're experiencing that but um, there is a lot of follow-up and help available so make sure that you're getting it and you're talking to your healthcare providers about getting that follow-up as well sometimes if you've had a second degree tear or a grade two tear the symptoms that you might have are a little bit um, they might be almost as bad as a third-degree tear, um, but you're not offered that same level of support and follow-up. So, again, make sure you're speaking to your GP, your obstetrician about referral and follow-up for this because it's not okay and it's not normal to be putting up with um, the symptoms of prolapse and incontinence that can occur with um, pregnancy and childbirth, and you deserve to have this looked after and sorted Um as much as your baby deserves to be looked after and have its development tracked closely as well. So, you know, we know that your physical and mental health is a cornerstone of your family's uh, physical and mental health as well. So uh, grab that oxygen mask and fit it for yourself first so that you can be the best available mum and person and woman that you are. The other thing, other couple of things I wanted to cover off that you should be talking to your healthcare provider about, Um, perhaps there's a debrief about the birth. So if you've had any birth trauma or if anything sort of happened that you weren't comfortable with or you've got questions about the way things happen in birth or you're feeling a bit down, your mood's not great, this is definitely the time to be chatting about it and getting on top of it early. And um, so, you know, a debrief about the birth is really, really important. And, again, you can get a referral for psychological um, help if you need it and you can get that rebated by Medicare. So, you know, sometimes GPs don't have a lot of time. Um, If you're lucky, they do. But sometimes their appointment schedules are really, really back to back and they might not have time to sort of sit there in that moment, and listen to all of your worries and needs. And so, um, asking them about a referral, if that's um, if that's not the you know if that's not the case, if they don't have the time, then make sure you are getting someone to chat to and to have yourself feel heard and listened to and respected and supported. Really, really important couple of last things that they should be chatting to you about is um, whether or not you've got the all clear to get back into sexual intercourse. And I think we think six weeks is that sort of magic time where, you know, our infection risk is lower. Hopefully we've got, you know, a good deal of healing. And so sex isn't going to be painful. Um, uh, But, you know, for a lot of women, it's just absolutely not in the realm of what they're you know, keen to do it six weeks. So don't feel like if you are given the all clear that it is, you know, uh, you know, that, that it's something that you need to get straight back into. And for a lot of women, it might take months or even, you know, over a year to to feel like that's what they're ready for. And so there's no normal. And um, there is a really great couple of episodes we've got about that as well up on the podcast. So I'll go back into season one and uh, you can listen to um, Women's Health Physio Annette Beauchamp uh, talks about sex after babies from her perspective and sort of what to expect, what to tips, and what to prepare for. And then we've got um a beautiful uh new well not so new mum now but Amy Carmody talks about her experience of sex after babies and then we had a heap of you write in and um and tell us your experiences too so um that's a really great episode to go back and listen to there as well Um, So just because you've got the all-clear, which you may not get at six weeks as well, if you've got significant um, trauma, it might not be that six weeks is the green light. And if you do have this significant trauma, you're probably not interested at that point anyway. Um, And then contraception, (laughs) a biggie, and one that, you know, you really should be thinking about, even if you are exclusively breastfeeding, because um, breastfeeding, whilst um, breastfeeding exclusively in the absence of ovulation is a a good contraceptive. It's not foolproof if you're not sure if you're ovulating again and if you are um, stretching out longer than six hours between feeds, then that also is the means that your cycle is more likely to kick in um, back into its regular gear. So um, definitely chatting about what your options are there, whether it's one uh, eight hundred Doctor Snip or <laughs> whatever that may be, if you've not finished having your family, but making sure that you've got. Um, those other, you know, you've discussed contraception and you've got a plan in place from from six weeks, really, really important. Um, so that just about covers it for mum, but I did want to just further ad lib on Women's Health Physio. So um, Women's Health Physio specialises in pelvic floor. They specialise in uh, you know, the pelvis, the you know, all of the woman's form and particularly the, the pre- and postnatal changes that happen to your body through the pregnancy to motherhood journey. And um, I highly, highly recommend that you make a relationship with a woman's health physio during your pregnancy because they can give you great tips to help, uh, you know, get strong for birth and pre-prepare your pelvic floor um, if, prior to having a baby so that you've got, got a really good sort of base to start with back after having a baby as well um, so if you haven't already made that relationship in pregnancy second trimester is a really great time to um, to see a woman's health physio and especially if you are in that group that are experiencing incontinence but even if you're not great way to prevent it <laughs> so uh, if you haven't um, definitely getting a referral from your GP uh, you know they may have someone they can recommend local to you um, or just getting on find a physio.com there's some great uh, listings of who's uh, practices in that realm in your area, um, who's a women's health specialist. So um, they'll also be able to give you advice on um, all of the things that I've just mentioned, so constipation, um, mastitis, uh, pelvic floor recovery, referral if you need further referral uh, for surgical review, et cetera, if you've had a significant pelvic floor trauma So really, 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 really key. If I emphasise that enough, I think. (laughs) And then, as I said before, you can get that rebate, uh, six visits rebated by Medicare if a cost is prohibited for you um, to getting that regular follow-up care. So make sure you do that. In terms of bub, what to expect for bub? So the six-week check is also about uh, you know checking up on your beautiful growing infant, and so hopefully in Australia we have a maternal healthcare program which is managed by a local council, and every uh, baby is followed up with, with their local council to have uh, a visit in the home for first visit, and then you'll have a set uh, schedule of follow-up appointments to check on both baby and you. Uh, so so that's usually in the first couple of days when you come home, and then there'll be like a two, a four, an eight-week checkup, and they sort of get a little bit less frequent as you um, as the baby grows. But to check on baby's development and to check on how you're tracking with everything, so make sure you follow that up if somehow you've been missed through the system. But really, really key, the the things that they'll be checking with baby's development are basically just follow up on the checks that were done at birth and they're around their weight, uh, their height, their head circumference, uh, their um, basic developmental milestones. You know, at six weeks, is the baby able to track and to follow an object? Are they making some basic uh, little noises? Uh, Are they feeding well? Uh, Are they uh, also... um, check if you've had that six-week vaccination yet or chat to you about uh, necessary vaccinations at that point in time. They'll be checking, uh, you know, obviously they'll be chatting to you about hearing and, you know, if you have any other concerns. Again, the hearing tests are done in hospital um, as a a matter of course, but if for whatever reason you didn't have a hospital birth or you didn't go to hospital after having a birth and then hearing checks are something to follow up or to chat uh, with the maternal health as well, they have some great recommendations locally for you. They will be checking their hips uh, to check for any abnormal clicking or excursion of the hip joint, other gluteal folds even. Is there anything to suggest that they might have hip dysplasia um, or be at risk of? Um, and if your baby was breached at any point in the pregnancy, they will uh, refer you for a hip ultrasound automatically automatically and it's usually best to wait till about eight weeks because if you have it too soon, then you often have to have a repeat one because um, it's not, uh, they sometimes might not be able to pick up any issues by six weeks, so it's better off to wait a little bit later till about that eight-week mark. Uh, they'll be checking the heart, any heart murmurs, etc., Making sure heart rhythm is all good. Um, and they will also be checking your baby's centrifuges. For boys, checking if their testicles have descended. Uh, for women, checking or for, for little girls, checking um, any signs of swelling, blood discharge, or anything that's abnormal that's still occurring at this point in time. Uh, milk spots are really, really common. They might ask you about that or check um, check your baby's skin. And this is, uh, you know, not to do with how well you're washing your baby's face or anything like that, but it's more to do with um, hormones just still coming from mum. So really, really normal, and they do usually start to resolve about that six-week mark. Um, yeah, so... That's the main things to expect. It is a lot to do with um, a lot to do with you and your bub, and you want to make sure that equal uh, care is given to both. And you know you are their first line of defence of everything, so you need to be in good shape as well. So making sure that you are definitely. You know, not skipping out on your six-week checkup, and you are asking for those appropriate referrals because um, you know, getting on top of things early is going to mean that you'll recover faster and have a more pleasant experience. And you uh, do deserve to be in the best health that you can be, and you can be the best version of you for your kids and your family, and for whatever else that it is that you want to do as a woman. So, uh, if you've got any questions on the six-week check, uh, um, or if you've got any um, requests, etc., we always love to hear from you. We really want this uh, podcast to be driven by you as a community and what's going to help you to navigate this tricky period. And um, I love podcasts as a busy mum, although I don't, haven't quite yet figured out where to listen to them as a mum of four. Sometimes it was usually the car on our long trips down to the beach, but um, I'm still just navigating how to um, uh, concentrate on driving, and uh, be safe and also manage the needs of poor children in the car. So but that's something I hope to get back into <laughs> Oh, funny. Anyway, uh, so as always, if you're loving what you're listening to, please give us a shout out on socials. Make sure you subscribe, take a screenshot, share it with your bummer mates. It's all about sharing the love and helping a sister out to, you know, traverse motherhood with a little bit more confidence and knowledge. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what we're all about so i do hope to chat to you soon and yeah we'll see you in the next
0: episode bye for now this episode is brought to you by lenny rose active australian owned three times mum and physiotherapist designed luxe active and technical wear for the pregnancy to motherhood journey you can find us on lennyroseactive.com.au or on instagram at lenny rose active